thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I'm going to explain why I'm so excited in a minute, but you're Andrew. I am, and that must mean you're Brad. I am. I'm all hopped up. And we're that show. beer that I'm drinking. We're that show of fired up dudes talking yeah. movies and uh, drinking brews. Yes, we are. Um, welcome back, everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're digging into some some creepy movies. Yeah. We're gearing uh, up. to that point of time. Yes. So we'll explain more of that in, in in a couple minutes. But first of all, what you drinking? Ooh, I am having Rev, a coffee stout by Parish Brewing. All right. And uh, I think it's safe to say I'm a fan. Uh, it is a nice. Um, it's got a very coffee. Fl- very coffee flavor. Imagine that. Yes. Um, but it, it is just so uh, coffee forward that I could see um, it turning off people. Mm. Um, but it just the the aroma is in, it, it smells like just freshly ground beans, and the taste too has that kind of um, that that roasty flavor to it, um, and. I guess because they used a quite a bit of uh, Java 
blend beans and uh to kind of balance that out there's some madagascar vanilla yeah um which you do get that sweetness in there that's one of the things that's cool um uh stouts more can have a little bit of sweetness and it not turn me off um Mm -hmm. kind of the same way like porters having those smoky beers like Okay, throw that's, a little, throw that's a little. What it's... I'm down. Yeah. This is this is the uh the canvas for that. Mm, um good call. Yeah. So yeah. it is um it's honestly like drinking a sweet um iced like a cold brew coffee. Um mm. with that that distinct like beer flavor at the finish. Um and Really, it's fantastic. I I don't know, um, you know. I don't think there's any need to go into like it's um, made here in Louisiana with paired with a Louisiana coffee roaster, um, doing good things amongst the neighbors. Seven point two ABV. Uh, nice as as we were showing we were showing each other our dark bodies earlier. And, yeah, uh, hot dark bods. Hot dark bods. Hot dog bodies at the party. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I gave it a four. Um, I am a big fan of this beer. Good. Um, well, we are simpatico mm-hmm. uh, because I'm having my last of my crawlers that I got from uh, Pete's Boy. And this is Sunny Side Up Little Amps Double Coffee uh, Stout. And it's an American Imperial Stout is what it's saying. Um but it is, and I will get into it as soon as I, okay. Uh, it, it it sounds pretty much the same same way you're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a l- not quite as sweet. It it does feel like an iced coffee. Um, what's weird is it it it's kind of drying my mouth out a little bit at mm-hmm. the end, and I get that a lot of times when I drink coffee. Like it kind of sucks the moisture out, yeah. um, but it it's really good. It's heavy. I mean, it's uh, nine point five, um, and and it's uh, it, it it's a collaboration with uh, Little Amps Coffee Roasters in Harrisburg, so nice. that's why it's uh, goes there. Uh, but yeah, uh, good beer. I gave it a four. Uh, looks like one of my friends, Dave Morrow, had this mm-hmm. also. And he gave it a 4.5. Oh, so, nice. Big fan. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's uh, yeah weird that we kind of, after weeks and weeks and weeks of yeah. hazy, hazy IPAs, we, we both <laughs> switch over to the... Unplanned. Yeah, coffee stouts. Um, but it looks like uh, we had a, a friend of ours also rate your Rev Coffee Stout. Yeah. Um, yeah, Josh W. Did it at a uh, local haunt as well. Yeah. Um, the Bulldog Uptown, which is right by me yeah. here. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'm a big fan. I, oof, I don't know. I'm sure if with a little help and encouragement from you and, uh, you know, uh, doing it, you know, a little bit of reach down and, you know, pull up my bootstraps kind of thing for myself. I think I can get through this crowler. All right. Don't, 
don't know if it's going to be good for either of us or even if the listeners, but, uh, I, you know. it feels like the right decision to me. Mm. I'll just say that I'm, I'm excited about it, but pouring this thing out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it's thick. I mean, there is like yeah. zero light that goes through this. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at it. Honestly, it, yeah, I love what you said earlier. It looks like you're pouring out motor oil. <laughs> yeah. Like, and use motor oil, motor oil, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the stuff that the mechanic comes up to you and say, well, here's your problem. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look at this. Mm. Uh, nice. Well, that's awesome. That is funny. I didn't even really think about it. We just, we, we, uh, made the transition as a team. We're so in sync. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, anything else beer wise for you? Uh, no, I mean, no, I'm, I, I know swear I I'm, had something, okay. um, but I don't remember. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that I'm at the point where I'm kind of, okay, I'm IPA'd out for the summer. I'm ready for it too. Mm-hmm. It, we had one yesterday or two days ago. It was like 61, and it rains like all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it felt like April. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I'm looking forward to it uh, starting to get, you know, down into, you know, into the 50s and maybe even the high 40s at night. Oh, that sounds so nice. Going out by the campfire. Definitely. Drinking some beer. Yeah. Some the winter heavy warmers stuff. always always great um it's funny i mean because they they do lend themselves um the beers just lend themselves so well to seasons you know you get the juicy and hazy stuff and the dog days of summer when you don't want to drink coors light uh with all your idiot friends Uh, and then uh you know starts to warm up or starts to cool down the beers start to warm up it's almost uh, too perfect. Huh. Look at that. Uh, Devin mm-hmm. um, just uh, drank a uh, Dark Swan. Oh, nice. Beer, the beer you had last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Solid brewski. Yeah. Nice. <clears throat> That's awesome. That was an hour um, ago. So yeah, I, I remember him, him saying that Lagunitas is one of his, his top, uh, his favorite breweries. So. Yeah. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Great tap room in Chicago, if anyone's ever that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, happy birthday, Neil. Orange peel. Yes. I know you won't listen to this for a couple of days, but we're recording it on uh, on your birthday. Nice. Well, of course, it's not your birthday. Across the pond, it. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the thought that counts. Who's to say when we recorded this? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, happy birthday to him. Um, did we get anything? Uh, didn't get a whole lot. We haven't been there. Yeah. The, uh, the back and forth yeah, with the listeners has been a little lacking. So, uh, let us know you're still listening. You don't yeah. have to send us like a big email or anything like that. Just, yeah. Hey, just little, a little, uh, just a, just a head nod as we pass. Yeah. As we pass each other. Just... Little, or as I like to, you know, as I'm driving my truck mm-hmm. and I pass, you know, uh, someone I think I might know, just the, you know, the two fingers up. Mm-hmm. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. 
Head nod. Head nod. Say hello, like under your breath. So how's it going? And then you realize it's something you don't like. And you're like, damn it, fuck, <laughs> fuck courtesy. No, <laughs> they don't. Curtis E. It. How do you know I know him? What's you, courtesy? Oh, Curtis, that's a name that, that that has some connotation behind it. Not necessarily bad, but, you know, I yeah. feel like you know the demographic of a Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got a, I know, I think three Kurt, Kurt, Curtis, yeah, Curtis isn't, you never call somebody Curtis, it's always Kurt, right? I think Kurt's, yeah, more, uh, Kurt's better. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a bad name. It's it's not a bad name, but it just Curtis makes me think of just like heavy redneck. Curtis. <laughs> Talking slow. Yeah, close close cousins. Curtis Cletus. Kissing, kissing cousins with Cletus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all those all those unfair stereotypes that kissing uh cousins. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Totally ignorant of me. I'm just gonna project it out onto the internet. So, that's anyways, that's what we do. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yes. Happy birthday, Neil. Uh, yes, thank Neil. Thank you for all your support. Um. Also, we are going to be hitting some heavy duty horror movies here coming up. Yes. And um, well, we're going to be recording on October 24th, and we're going to do a deep dive into John Carpenter. Yes. Um. His I don't know. You want to name off some of the ones that you're? I mean, I'm I'm sure we'll hit some like uh, Assault on Precinct 13, Halloween, uh, the They thing. Live, The Thing. Just kind of classic Carpenter movies. He is a a um, a figurehead of the genre, mm-hmm. um, of the genre film. So, yeah. If you yeah. want to get in with us on that, you can. Or if you want to wait and hear what we got to say. And then on the 31st, we're going to be recording. Probably won't be released to a couple days after, but um, uh, we're going to be getting into Rob Zombie. Yes. Which um, we've, I know I've brought up, uh, you know, The Devil's Rejects and House of Thousand Corpus a couple times. And, yeah. uh, but there's a couple movies that are, are streaming right now on Tubi, uh, two of his most recent. Um, the, the, the app that, was it Fredo, turn us on to? Yes. Um, uh, the movie 31 from 2000 and I don't know. And, um, God darn it. Uh, Lords of Salem. So two of Rob Zombie's most recent movies. And he's going to be coming up with, you told me he's coming out with, uh, what is it? Yeah. Three um, from hell. Three or? from hell. Is yeah. Follow up to the, uh, devil's rejects. So, yeah. Excellent. So, yeah, uh, if you want to get in with us and, and check those things out and tell us what your favorites are, uh, we'll be trying to we're, – we're taking advantage of October. Yeah, yeah. We want to we want to embrace it into October and our, our dark side. Mm-hmm. And so. uh, <clears throat> I feel like I say it a lot, um, but definitely uh, try and be uh, more active on Twitter, especially with – there being so many movies streaming during uh, during October, um, and it's something that I always in my head I'm like oh, I got to be better about that anyway. So, what better excuse than uh, try and try and talk a bunch of horror movies with you guys online? Yeah. So uh, at Broomview Pod, yes, yeah. so I've been very active on our Facebook page, so go check that out. Yeah, totally exists and it's awesome. 
We're influencers. Uh, anyways. Yeah, so uh, John Carpenter and Rob Zombie. Um, and if you guys have movies by them that you think deserve, um, Rob Zombie's a little easier. He has a bit sh- shorter of a uh, of a directorial list. Um, reach out to us. Let us know what, what Carpenter movies we should be watching. If there's some that you think maybe, like I know I haven't seen The Ward before. Um, and there's, there's plenty out there because he's made a lot of movies. Uh, Bruinviewpod at gmail.com. Yeah. Shoot us Hit an us email. Up. Let us know us scary movies in general, Carpenter specific, whatever. Uh, let us know. Get in touch with us. And uh, also, untapped Bruinviewpod. Probably, yeah. probably seeing a pattern here. <laughs> it's all connected. We're branded. Nice. Yep. Branded up. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, let's talk some movies. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, where to start? Um, you make the call. Uh, let's, um, you assigned me a movie last week All called right, Train it. to Busan. Yep. And, uh, it is a Korean zombie movie. Uh, Train to Busan from 2000, uh, not a train, Train to Busan from 2016. Um, it is has a fully South Korean cast, and um, I oh uh, hmm, I'm looking at related news on IMDb here, not to get too derailed, but Train to Busan remake is happening with producer James Wan. So hmm, huh? There you yeah, go. Well, Someone I'm... we talked about last week, I think recently. We talked about him recently. Yeah, we're in on the. Uh, oh God, I, I want you to, before I make my joke. Then. I'm going to see what you thought about it. (laughs) All right. All right. uh, Train to Busan, uh, fully South Korean cast. So um, I I am going to do my best. Uh, They are uh, awesome crew of people. Anyways, uh, Train to Busan was directed by Sang-ho Yeon, uh, who... Movies I I'm not familiar with, um, but he's been he's been doing some directing since um, the mid 2000s, uh, and also apparently there's a Train to Busan two coming up. Uh, so yeah, this is we we are the number one source. It's a good time to remind you for all of your uh, Train to Busan info, uh, news up to the minute, remakes, sequels. So. Train to Busan uh, is about a father who, um, kind of an absentee father who is guilted into taking his daughter to go see his mother in Busan. And along the way, there is a virus outbreak and we have the um, zombies kind of a la 28 Days Later. Um fast moving you're infected quick none of this slow rising from the grave stuff it it really uh um it scales up the action while while i feel like it doesn't take too much away from the tension like obviously the slow lumbering zombies are um less of less um maybe outright scary but more more ominous 
Um, and I don't, f- I feel like you don't sacrifice too much. I know years back there were purists not, not thrilled. Well, I like 28 days later, but it's not really a zombie movie. Yeah. It's an epidemic movie or a yeah, Ooh, yeah. outbreak movie Jeez. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's are uh, you know are they dead? Are they eating human flesh? Yeah, qualifies. I mean, if you want to be ridiculous about it, it's like, well, there's no voodoo, so it's not really a zombie movie. It's right. Like, there's, there's, um, I, I actually don't like the way they whitewashed the Haitians. Um, it's not really a zombie movie. Hmm. Um, anyways, so uh, this movie has a couple um characters that I really like um specifically uh sang hua i think um not i think that that was his name i think i'm pronouncing it okay um played by the actor dong Sok ma uh who oh yeah he was good yeah he was the uh the guy in the blue jacket i just really liked him he had like a really good screen presence about him um yeah and he uh like i feel like there was some good like misdirection in the beginning um, where it kind of seemed like, oh, this might be a sleazy guy. I don't know how recently you saw it or how how well you remember it, but uh, it's been a couple years, but okay. like two years I think since I saw it. But I I do remember him yeah. specifically. I think the um, the introduction to him is great. It kind of it kind of leads you one way, but it turns out to be another thing, and he ends up being just one of my favorite characters in this movie. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, was the was remind me of this? Was the girl was she deaf? The daughter? No. Yes. Okay. Then I'm thinking of The Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another good Korean film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> South Korean. You got to make the distinction. Sorry. I. I mean, I. I, I don't. I don't recognize I it. They. They are. China doesn't recognize Korea. I don't. Yeah. They are. They are separate nations. But it's just funny to be like, it's a South Korean film. It's like, oh well, yeah. <laughs> There's no. None. Yeah. none the. The North ones yeah. aren't getting out. <laughs> yeah. They're circulated. That's called themselves. propaganda. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the, uh, so. <sighs> well, yeah. So like it, it's amped up because it's on a train. Yes. It's one of the, like not a, it's, it's not a bullet train, but it's a fast train. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get like, once you get bit, you turn within moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's quick. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of uh, what was that? Oh, uh, uh, World War Z. Yes. Within yeah. you know uh, Brad Pitt's counting the seconds, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, definitely right yeah, up it's a, up there with that. Um, but yeah, so so um, I thought there were some awesome set pieces here. The the train is great. Um, I had some reservations about the um, first act, not because it was bad, um, but I was just um, kind of going over it in my head as I'm watching it because I uh, I was really enjoying it, um, but it seemed like things ramped up really quickly, and it is a two-hour movie, and I'm kind of thinking, how are they going to... Within the first half hour, you... you know the characters you know the um the event and chaos breaks out on the train and i'm just thinking how can you maintain this like um they do a fantastic job 
Um, yeah. There, it, it does not take place all on the same train, um, which I think is great. It, it breaks up any sort of potential monotony. Um, the scene in the train station was awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's also... <laughs> Really cool. Um, I think one of my favorite th- things um, was th- there was a train crash, and mm. where a couple of the main characters get stranded. Um, I thought that was a really cool set piece. Really, very unsettling and very intense. Like that, like <laughs> just a terrible situation to find yourself in, where there's a train that looks like it might collapse on you, and if it doesn't, it's filled with people that are going to eat you. Right. Um, so just cool. Like they do such a great job with maintaining the stakes and maintaining this. Um, it's it's well paced, um, but maintaining this this fast pace. And uh, I am a big fan of this movie. I gave it an yeah. eight. Strongly, an eight. strongly, strongly recommend. Um, I actually texted one of my buddies immediately after finishing it um, to recommend it to him. Very good. I also. <laughs> Gave it an eight. Nice. Nice, nice, um, nice. Yeah, I just I remember this fondly because mm-hmm. it it never like wanes. Like there's some slow moments and stuff and not not slow like Third. it's just not action packed. Yeah. You know, and it, it's slow but it's effective and all that. And then like a lot of these movies they don't know how to finish or end and stuff. And I thought it really stuck to the landing on this. Yeah, like, I it, agree. It nailed it because mm-hmm. uh, you know, that final scene where you get, you know, uh, you're always going to get sacrifices or, you know, people, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. In in it's tropey, but also in this movie, it's done really well. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I recommend this highly because it's mm-hmm. uh, and and like I said, I think Ryan turned me on to this movie. So, uh, uh, right, yeah, right. fun watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the, um, and some fun mixed in with it too. Some, oh yeah. Humor. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, yeah, it's, which is hard to, it's hard to have like, unless it's like sight gags, um, which they didn't really rely on. It's, it's hard. I think it's hard to translate humor. Um, but they do a great job with like, there are. There are some good, solid moments. Um, it, it's very reminiscent of, um, of 28 Days Later, which yeah. the movie, uh, as far as the zombie goes, as far as like the urban settings and stuff go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of 28 Days Later takes place in the, in the country. But what the difference between this movie and that, they're, like 20 Days Later, it's fucking bleak. Yeah, and there's no smiles, no humor, no nothing, no real feel good. Really, I mean, it's just. No, and and it's even in the colors, it's so washed. Yes. And, um, yes. I remember there's a scene in 28. I'm a big fan of the movie, by the way. Um, yeah. But it is very fucking bleak. Um, there's a scene where like a house is lit up with Christmas lights, and even that looks fucking awful. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's like the yeah, all the light is pulled out of the the yeah. actual lights. Yeah. Where, where this is, there's I don't think there's any. There, yeah. There's no night scenes or anything in this. This is all in the daylight. It's yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there's people in business suits, of course, uh, um, but there's also people in bright colors and and um, the train 
attendees and there's there's color mixed in like it has a nice palette and um the uh for some reason the bit the baseball team being in there kind of reminded me of the warriors a little bit a little bit yeah (laughs) and i don't think that was intentional it was just one of those things but like good good set design good dressing to Mm -hmm. keep it from being because i don't think that's what they wanted i don't think they wanted to be the um 28 days later of korea yeah of korea of the south um but yeah strong strong recommendation for me i say check it out if you haven't it is streaming on netflix cool um you signed me a movie Mm -hmm. um which i asked you to sign me which is a movie we've been i well uh, director we've been talking about for oh, yeah. years. Um, well, since we pretty much started the podcast, I think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Murder Party from 2007, directed by uh, Jeremy Saulnier. Saulnier. Really starring no one you know except for Blair, Macon Blair. And this is his first movie, or at least his first. Uh, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, all filmography, director, four movies. And it is Green Room, Blue Ruin, Murder Party, and, oh, Crab Walk is a short. Mm-hmm. But we also have coming up shortly, which we'll be talking about in a little bit. Um, but anyways, uh, this movie is a, if you watch Blue Ruin and you watch uh, Green, Green Room, um... There is more more in Blue Ruin, I'd say. There's there's some humor mixed in with with the movie, which itself is a kind of a bleak movie yeah. too. And Green Room is bleak as well, but there's also a little bit of humor in that as well, uh, a little less, I think. But yeah. um, this this movie, <laughs> I don't know if you could like from. From Murder Party to uh, Blue Ruin, I don't. There's a there's a big gap as far as obviously he's got a lot more money from Blue Ruin. Yeah, and uh, but you could tell that the writing's there, and mm-hmm. whether or not the actors could pull it off was the question. Yeah, uh, because there's a lot going on in this movie. So uh, basically, a uh, a guy uh, kind of um, I think he's a traffic cop. He's not a traffic cop, but like a ticket guy. Yeah, he's like a, a citizen. Because I think that comes up. They're like, yes, he works. He's he works for the NYPD, but he's basically gives out tickets for parking violations and stuff yeah. like that. Um, he is kind of a loner and kind of a loser. And on his way home, after being yelled at by hundreds of people during the day while while it's giving out tickets, but never having really a backbone, he finds a. Uh, an invitation to a party you're invited uh just blowing down the street mm-hmm. and he picks it up he goes home to his uh crappy apartment and to his asshole cat who won't get <laughs> off his uh his uh recliner um and he's thinking do i want to sit in here all night or do i want to go to this party mm-hmm. and he's like all right i'm gonna go to this party and he makes <laughs> he makes a um uh a uh, cardboard Knight's outfit, so it's like the kind um, of would kind of remind me of the uh, uh, what do you call it the um, uh, Monty Python yeah. knight's <laughs> outfits, um, 
and everything's made out of cardboard, and he goes to this party. Well, he gets to this party, and it's <laughs> everyone is a bunch of douchebag artists, and mm -hmm. he's going to be part of their uh, performance art, I guess, mm -hmm. and they're going to murder him. And shit goes down. Yeah, um, yeah brother. Um, comedy ensues. This is a comedy, mm. really. I mean, it's not. I, I mean, it's like a dark comedy. I'd say, kinda, but it's pretty much all laughs. Yeah, it is dark, but it is. It is funny, and I do think it's personally I think it's pretty poignant too. Yeah, for sure. Um, it. I mean, it's it's taking a a baseball bat to the art crowd. To you know what we think is hip, you know, you know what what are we willing to uh, do for art? Um, and it and he go he what he I think what happened is he had an idea and he grew up in a different crowd than I do I grew up in mm -hmm. uh, just because I think he like he hit all the the main characters all the artists that he knew mm -hmm. you know like the you know, the guy, the mysterious guy or the guy that just never talked or the guy, you know, the kind of the crazy want to glom on guy or, mm -hmm. you know, um, the poser guy. Um, I think he, he nailed all these characters and he had definitely had something to say. Yeah. And um, I think the funniest thing about this movie, the funniest part about it, and it just kept making me laugh was he never took off the outfit. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's in extreme peril. <laughs> yes. And to the point where like it's in his way. Yeah. <laughs> and he's never taking it off. Yeah, um, when he's like climbing up the surface elevator in a yeah. knight's costume. Uh, yeah, definitely hindering his getaway. Um but um I, I like this movie. It was fun to watch. I was laughing I was, as there's points I was like, This is so fucking stupid, but I was mm -hmm. just laughing. you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just funny and one point i'm watching it and my wife wakes up and she looks in and she's like, what, are you, what are you watching i'm like murder party she's like jesus christ <laughs> she's like, god, god i hate that kid on the internet <laughs> that you know <laughs> um so yeah um uh yeah i would recommend i gave it a six i, I mean it's it's good it's not mm. great i love uh blue ruin and green room so much um yeah. You know, they're obviously so much better. I appreciate this movie, um, and I laughed at it. It's just there's really some really bad acting in it, and uh, yeah, it it's hard to get over some of that. And like the special effects, I don't know if he meant to, for him to be really bad, but he, they tried. You know, they did it for on a shoestring budget. I, let me look up the um, uh, doesn't have hey. the no. It doesn't. If you look have. in the trivia section, it'll tell you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I damn it! I usually go through the trivia, but yeah. No money. <laughs> Filmed in February two thousand six with no money. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah. There you go. Zero. Uh, then it should be a ten. Yeah, I actually i I gave it an eight. Um, yeah. I saw it. It's kind of a it, to me. It's a throwback of like the the final days of Fangoria. Yeah. For me, as like my readership, um, I remember this is where I heard of it, and I agree with you a hundred percent. Like there is a very thin through line, 
to Blue Ruin. Blue Ruin is so far ahead of this movie as far as acting and 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 quality. Um, but the writing is there, and I just love. I don't know why I have such a hard on for tearing down people who um, think they're artistic for art's sake. Like yeah. they just decide they're going to get it. I mean, no, nah, I'm not going to go into get on a soapbox here, but you know, they decide no, I mean, that they're yeah. they're artistic, and he takes a literal chainsaw to that, and I fucking love that. Um, so to me, like what it had to say. I guess I just like it because it echoes sentiments that I've had to say. And it does remind me of like when I was very plugged in and, and very much had a love for this. Yeah. You know, independent horror scene. Um, which yeah. We'll actually talk a little bit it, more about later. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. It, uh, it like definitely had that for sure. And like it, now that you say it was made for no money, then good for him. Yeah. Like it feels like these guys, cause he always has Megan Blair. And I was trying to find out if there were some other people in these that would go through the whole, um, you know, the blue ruin green room, you know, Megan Blair's the through line through all of these. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like he has a group of friends and there's a group of them that, Hey, we can do this. Let's get into it. And you know, now making Blair's making movies, yeah, and and all that. And so it seems like uh, like this little club that are like know what good filmmaking is, and mm-hmm. if we can just give them a chance to make some good stuff, and hopefully, and now I think we are seeing that. I'm surprised that you know this. Well, this next thing we're going to be talking about is you know a Netflix thing, which I guess is good for Netflix, but you know. Um, I'm surprised that he hasn't got like the big studio backing, Jeremy Saulnier. Yeah. Or Saulnier. Saul, Saul, I can't, why do I, my mouth has a trouble. Uh, Saulnier, Saulnier. It's Saulnier. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but, it, it I mean, who's of... to say he doesn't want it? Like, that could be too. Like, uh, he yeah, could just, yeah, maybe he's just turn it down. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, we see Macon Blair, like you said, who um, wrote. He's great. Uh, yeah, he's awesome. Um, wrote "I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore," which um, I know we talked a lot about last year, and is in Blue Ruin and in Green Room, and um, we may be talking about him again soon here. Yes. So yeah, uh, check it out, guys. If you if you like Blue Ruin and Green Room, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. Um, just know what you're getting into, and yeah. and what's weird is like. Like I, like I, I'm, I'm the same way. But see, I only know that art scene mm. through movies. Yeah. Like I don't know. I've never grown up with like artsy people. Like the close, like you know what I mean. Like the closest person I know to like an artistic person is my aunt, who's like you know, uh, choral director, and she you know writes some music and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. she's not in that scene. You know, like you know what I mean. Like yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't. Like taking the piss out of something that I, I appreciate because I obviously wouldn't want to hang out with any of those people, but um, it doesn't quite hit him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, where yeah. the movie like Tucker and Dale, you know, taking the piss out of some, uh, you know, rednecks and uh, college, you know, frat boys. That's my style. Hell yeah. No, that movie's awesome too. Um, yeah, I mean, I I never was like super plugged into it, um, but like I I did do some like theater stuff in junior high and in the beginning of high school, and then 
got more into it. And now Matt's really plugged into it. And he's just, yeah. and I think he's we're, just, he's just such get, a great example getting asked of for that guy. Yeah. I, I think, um, Patton's just such a great example of someone who, um, is a perfect, ex- is proves that you don't need to develop a persona to be talented. Mm. Cause yeah. he's really good at what he does and he doesn't need, you know, uh, uh, to do any art for art's sake to uh, but, like, yeah i mean looking back now like through the three movies that we've seen and mm-hmm. you know especially i mean i don't man that's uh, getting a green room for murder party is yeah. is a pretty big you know in, in two movies yep that's a pretty big thing you know what i mean and um i think he's yeah definitely standing on his own yeah i mean we did it we did uh or we're looking at talking about this week a movie that had no money to a movie starring Patrick Stewart as a one of the best villains of that year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um well, uh, why don't we talk about uh, next week a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Um yeah, speaking of, we've been hitting hinting mm-hmm. uh but in 2 days for us and maybe a day for you guys, so Yeah. Uh, this week, you guys are going to be able to uh, check out the next installation fr- from uh, Jeremy Saulnier. Saulnier. Um Yeah. No matter, can I remember the name of the title, title of the movie? Uh, Hold um, the Dark. Yes. Hold the Dark. Uh, yeah. Starring um, uh, one of my faves, Jeffrey Wright. I love that guy. Jeffrey Wright? Yeah. He's right on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's got a solid cast to it. Yeah, Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, instead of assigning each other movies, we're both going to watch this movie, and maybe mm-hmm. we'll get some other stuff in the midst. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Hold the Dark, uh, which is coming out on Netflix on the 29th of september mm-hmm. and it's also in theater so it's getting its theater theatrical release so they're they're looking for award season stuff um but yeah it's gonna i'm interested to see because yeah riley uh ko uh yeah james badge dale which you'd know who he is but the name sounds not familiar at all <laughs> uh he's tried i think he's like one of those guys that like he's got one of those faces like uh where was that what was that show uh rubicon it was on amc like right after like right as um uh uh breaking bad was like in its fourth season maybe mm-hmm. going into its fifth they tried to make a like a spy show with this guy yeah james Patchdale, james Dale. uh it just didn't go he did a couple other movies but uh uh yeah so i'm i'm looking forward to it I really yeah. am. I hope it it, it uh it was I written by Macon uh, Blair. Continues too. So Oh it does? Yeah, Macon yeah. He he wrote it and then, so I think this is Saulnier's first movie that he didn't write that he's right. directing. So So cool. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for it. Um and uh hopefully we uh have a lot to talk about with this next week. Um and if you guys want to wait, we do have some streaming recommendations too. So yeah, for sure, don't panic. Yeah, and I'm staying in the uh, kind of creepy, 
mm-hmm. creepy movie. This is more of a thriller, I would say, instead of a horror movie. But uh, on Amazon right now, Stir of Echoes, uh, starring Kevin Bacon. Heck yes. Um, from 1998. Um, I remember going to seeing this in the movie theater. And uh, a f- fun, creepy little movie. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember it fondly. I don't know. I don't know if you... Oh, yeah. look at that, Richard Matheson. I forgot about that. Yes, Richard Matheson, who also wrote um, uh, I Am Legend, mm-hmm. the, uh, the book. This is all he. This is based off a book that he wrote. Oh, all right. I yeah. loved that book. Um, I read it actually recently. Pretty recently, like really? when I moved here, yeah, it was the first. Time I am I read Legend it. or Stir of Echoes. I am Legend. Okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yep. not Stir of Echoes, um, but I can imagine it's good because I am Legend was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, nice, yeah, Stir of Echoes. Um, I remember liking this one. I don't really like per se remember it that well. I'm sure if I watched a few minutes, I'd be like, oh yeah, here we go. Mm. Um. And I've got one for you from nineteen or from two thousand and four, streaming on Netflix. Uh, Van Helsing, starring Huge Jacked Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, the great, huh? The Greatest Showman. Yeah, he, he and he proves it in this movie, um, where he has to fight all of the Universal monsters. Um, I we were talking about this earlier. It's not an amazing movie by any stretch, but it is just like it's. The type of movie, it's like the movie you wanted to see growing up, granted, if you were into horror movies. Um, And so there's just something endearing about it to me, just seeing all these characters that I grew up loving and want from other movies all together. And, um, you know, it's it's not supposed to be anything more than than a fun time. And to me, that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, if you like... um yeah, if you're into the you know vampires, and, I'd say if you liked um, the underworld stuff, you'd probably enjoy this because mm-hmm. it's that same gray toned, um, very very little color in it. Yeah, um, Kate Beckinsale. Well, yeah, but at the same, it's it's got that same feel, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so yeah, uh, vampires and werewolves and. All right, so uh, next week we're going to be talking about Hold the Dark, which is going to be streaming on Netflix here shortly, um, or depending on when you listen to it already. And if you want to wait, um, we do recommend Stir of Echoes from 1998 on Amazon Prime and Van Helsing from 2004 on Netflix. Coop. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hey, have you ever heard of The Howling 2? Uh, maybe I feel like I have. <laughs> it's one of the it's one I of the best <laughs> titles of a movie I've ever seen. It's H- Howling Two. Oh no! Colon Ellipses. <laughs> Your sister is a werewolf. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why do you have colon and ellipses? There's so much grammar going on. Yeah, so much <laughs> punctuation. So <many> punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> It just needs an uh, an uh, exclamation point at the end <laughs> to yeah. really round it out, and, yes. and just like do the upside down question mark at the front, just 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 to do yeah, it. Yeah, just because. Yeah, we we have the technology. Your sister is a werewolf. <laughs> okay.
That's awesome. <laughs> no, I've definitely not seen that. Um, but the howling. Oh boy. Oh wow. Uh, so uh, this is we got a top five for you. I believe. Yeah. Brad, this one was your idea. I think you just kind of shot it to me in a text one yeah. day. Um, I don't even know why it came up. I was like, um, yeah, I, I don't know what inspired it, but it was just like, ooh, deals with the devil would be, you know, and I like, yes, of course, all the deals, like literal deals with the devil or deals with like the proverbial devil or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, just like, um, yeah, a movie wouldn't be a movie if, unless you made some kind of decision that wouldn't, you know, go yeah. your way, you know, um, unless it's like a rom-com or, mm-hmm. or a, you know, romantic Nicholas Sparks type movie or something. Right, right, right. But yeah, uh, and I had fun looking and stuff up and some stuff that came up that on movies that I'm, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I feel like I always talk about the same movies. I feel like I always talk about Snatch. I always talk mm-hmm. about, you know, but um, I made a concerted effort to not do that. Um, I could have, but uh, definitely, I've all. But I've also like all my movies are like uber popular. Like, there's no like movies that are. But I'm happy with my list. So, yeah. anyways, same here. Same here. I've got a couple literal ones. Well, one very literal one, and then um, everything else. So, I mean, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So, I, I'm excited that you recommended this list. I clearly couldn't wait to get into it because I went right ahead and made it when I was supposed to be making gambling scenes. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and yeah, well, and and we came up with two good lists and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and three good episodes. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, that that should be the uh, the tagline for our for our like uh our 200th episode so, yeah two good lists and three good episodes join That's us right. as brew turns 200 yeah um i'm drinking a uh hotback cadillac now which i reviewed a few Ooh. weeks ago yeah. and it tastes so sweet after that after finishing the stout yeah it's like i, mean, I wish i had a little a like hazy ipa juice drink yeah <laughs> so uh, a little eight point three percent juice drink no big deal <laughs> yeah here we yeah, go after it you don't have to work tomorrow you're fine yeah no, right. i know i'm i'm excited all right all right um let's do this yeah let's get on it um yeah well i'll just let me just start it off yes uh my newest movie mm-hmm. and after this eh, there's now I'm, I'll, I'll explain that later but uh my mo- newest movie a movie i talked about a little bit uh, just a couple weeks ago, but a movie I know when you first watched it, you really liked a movie I didn't like so much, but re- on a rewatch, I liked it. Uh, Baby Driver. Yeah. 2017. Streaming on Showtime right now. All right. Ready when you are. All right. So I guess with the, at least with my list, you have to have like a protagonist that is likable and good, or yeah. at least likable and kind of good. And in Baby Driver, we get that. We get a, a protagonist that we like, or we seem to like. And 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 like and this movie like kind of divvies out information as it as the 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 heights go down mm-hmm. like who's the good guy who's the bad guy why is he in this and all that stuff but like in order to get his free, freedom 
uh, baby has to make a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. And in this case, a real life devil, if we're to believe yeah. all the accusations. Uh, with Doc, uh, who is sur- also surrounded by a bunch of devils. Um, but it, it's kind of, it's almost like that, and we could probably do a list on this too, like that, uh, the one last job. You know, top five, one last right, job. Right, yeah, that would know. be a great list. Yeah, um, but like having, you know, like you have, in order to get out of the life you've got yourself into or you've been forced into, he's got to make a deal with the devil. And he's he's dealing with shady characters, colorful characters, um, but shady and very violent characters. And he's in like, this movie did a really good job of showing, you know, what he had to live for, but what he had to do to get to that life yeah and like how much he was willing to sacrifice to get to that life or what he wanted to you know what he had to do to get in it and it felt like a um you know how good he was you know is he going to put other people's lives at risk to get this so that's kind of his deal with the devil and and um and I I really appreciate this movie and it, it felt like a good kind of uh, early salvo into this into this top five for me the the you know the very good character and the the pretty much you know the bad characters even though it's glamorized and stylized and and set to music it sounds looks awesome but in the end people die mm-hmm. and people get stolen or people steal money from people so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Awesome choice. Awesome movie. Um, I am a fan, so I, I like this one. Very good. Uh, Thank you. so my, my number five is one of my literal ones. Uh, in 2009, um, director Ty West made a movie called the house of the devil. Uh, <laughs> um, little on What's the nose. About? It's uh, it's about a house that the devil resides in. Um, so I talked about earlier, kind of the last days of my Fangoria readership. This is a movie that I definitely don't think I would have found without it. And I love this movie. Um, it's a movie that totally doesn't stick the landing and I still gave it a nine. Like, I think it's a fantastic movie. It's It's hyper stylized. It's, it's the definition of a slow burn. And I remember recommending it to a buddy of mine and he was like, I stopped watching it a half hour in. Um, and then I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta finish this. And then I couldn't stop watching. So it really does. It takes a while to get going. And that's, uh, i think intentional um but the character samantha um takes a mysterious babysitting job um because she is desperate to get out of her um current living situation so in order to make money to pay the rent um she unbeknowingly unbeknowingly to her makes a deal unbeknownst unbeknownst to her she makes a deal with the devil um, on the night of a lunar eclipse. Oh no! Yeah. Why would you do that? No, it's a terrible choice. Um, she should have checked her chakra or crystals. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it was a it was a bad choice. Uh, but um, uh, oh man, I love this movie. It's I I don't think it's streaming 
on Netflix anymore. It was for a while. Yeah, it's it's on right now. It's on Shutter. Oh, okay. So yeah, and what's Hoopla? Hoopla? Yeah. Is that it's an a app or a website service? Maybe. Yeah. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. <laughs> I was I was trying to look through the apps and yeah, streaming on Hoopla. Nice. Shutter. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so um, do we get to? Is there any any interaction with? said devil or um there might be some okay some uh yes uh is it it does it play on the um you know the you know the halloween type thing with the babysitter um type no it's more it's more like alone in a scary house um and like slowly things aren't right and things are amiss and uh yeah it, it's just it's a creepy it's atmospheric it's highly stylized and um it crescendos yes it definitely crescendos hard um and ty west actually uh he is part of um kind of this this newer wave of directors uh who um were they they aimed for more kind of accurate dialogue so kind of like with the pauses and the uhs and the um okay yeah that you uh, said ty west ty west yeah he actually appears as an actor in your next uh oh, okay yeah he he's the uh boyfriend who makes documentaries oh <laughs> very good yeah uh he and um I think uh, Joe Swanberg is another one. Uh, these guys who, it might have been like mumble writing or something like that. Just, just very like true to form dialogue. Um, which Machine Gun Kelly? <laughs> uh, didn't that guy die recently? <laughs> uh, <laughs> from like a kill shot or something? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dude, I, I hate you so much because me? now I've, I've, <laughs> I get all these uh, recommendations yeah. on what what this diss track means. And I'm like, I, I don't know what it doesn't mean. And then I start watching. Well, the beauty and, of it, the kind of unsung hero or the unsung beauty of Killshot is Killshot's a movie where the target is named Colson, And that's mm-hmm. Machine Gun Kelly's real name. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. A, that's a deep. That's deep. That's next level pulls right there. Yeah. But like I'm getting into people I have no idea who they are. Like you know. Yeah. This guy says, you know. <laughs> I yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. And that's why I can't you know, that should have been my uh, one of my other uh things I've been watching this week. Yeah. I've also been watching a lot of YouTube. <laughs> like, hey, let's talk about it. I've got a ridiculous uh YouTube history as well. yes uh house of the devil is um i don't know it's not for everyone but i'm just putting it out there that you need to watch it to decide if it's not for you or not i think yeah i I think it's so fucking good um i just put it on my list yeah it's uh like it's not trending too high like Mm 6.4 um but i think and maybe it's just an appreciation for what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. I just, man, I love it. Anyways, uh, that's my number five. Cool. Babysitting uh, for the devil. Yeah. 
And again, that is streaming on Shudder, if you can get that. Or Hoopla. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the whole, all the Hoopla is about. Yeah. All right, so my number four, everyone's seen it. I'm not. There's no spoilers here, from, but from 1980, Lando. He mm. makes a deal with the devil. He does. This he was... sells out his friends. Yeah. Um, but what he doesn't realize, and uh, he actually says this, this is a direct quote, I just made a deal to keep the Empire away from this away from here forever hmm. and of course Not a couple so scenes much. later yeah uh he was supposed to get han back and he's supposed to get leia back and all he was supposed to do is hand over the skywalker guy this skywalker person mm-hmm. uh but han gets put in kryptonite and leia has to fight her way out and uh yeah so lando he eventually redeemed himself uh but for a while he was a uh, scoundrel you like it. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, uh, that was like, I'm I th- I'm thinking back to like my childhood. This is probably the first one I've ever seen. You know, that one of those things where you make a deal to try to make uh, uh, a bad sit- situation a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing with the devil, it always makes it worse. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's such a great, that was one that was kind of in my craw on uh, the, um, research was the the darth vader line just like i've altered the deal just pray i don't alter it any further yeah right because you can't beat the devil Mm-mm. you just have to hope that that he uh he doesn't alter your deal any further how do you shoot the devil in the back what if you miss oh i don't know what's what what if you miss mm. is this a is this a ooh. <laughs> That that looks like the end of a crawler I'm looking at there. Yeah. Sick. All right. Empire. Great. Love it. Uh, mine, another sci-fi film from uh, 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of is the maybe exception to your um, rule or, or theory that, that you need a, a likable protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um I got a guy who's not very likable, and uh, but his deal sets off a uh, a chain of events that um, are. Well, I mean, there wouldn't be a plot of this movie without it. Um, but in 1999, um, Joe Pantoliano's character Cipher makes a deal with Agent Smith to sell out his friends and their last bastions of hope. He wants some steak. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> all because he's upset because he can taste steak, but he knows it's not real. It's like, come on. You're, you're a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know what? His, he, he's in a bad package, but he, mm-hmm. he makes a very convincing ar- argument, right? Like, yeah, you, I understand like, it for sure. Are you happy? not knowing Mm -hmm. and you know do you really want to know the truth or don't you want to know the truth ignorance is bliss yeah oh there you go Mm -hmm. Uh, i actually think he says that line um or he might say ignorance is fucking bliss but Mm. whatever uh but yeah all because he wants to uh because he's tired of knowing the truth he's too woke He should have yeah. just waited till 2015, and then he would have been he, he would have been great on Twitter. Yeah, 
woke joey pants at woke joey pants tweeting monsanto or something would be awesome um but yeah agent (laughs) smith is uh out to destroy um everything that uh morpheus has worked for and uh everything that he's fighting for the, the uh the one that he's searching for all uh potentially could come crashing down because uh cypher is tired of knowing the truth and wants to live his life blindly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Makes, uh, I mean, you understand it, but you hate him. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was such a good, I love this movie so much. Yeah. I I think we've talked about this before a little bit. Um, when it came out, it was just like, it blew my, and like the Wachowski siblings, Mm -hmm. like really, um, haven't like this is their thing. This is yeah. the one thing, right? Absolutely. I think Speed Racer was uh better than maybe it gets recognized for, but it's nowhere near. Yeah. Um, I mean V for Vendetta, but th- you oh, also no, you, don't you really. Don't like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that that's a movie I love that not a lot of people love. But oh, yes. really? I mean, oh, I mean, I, I mean, think, I, I pretty much only movies. talk about movies with you, and we both like it. So yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is uh, the Matrix is streaming on Vudu uh, nice. right now with ads, so you have to watch probably five or six ads during the movie. So, but you get it all, all for free. You don't have to Worth do it. anything, no subscriptions or anything like that. So um, yeah, check it out. It's Absolutely. worth the watch. It really is. It's I think, it, and I think it still holds up. I think the great thing about it is there's only really a few action sequences for the most part. It's not the deepest movie, of course. Mm. Um, I mean, it, but it wants to be. It it does want to be, but for the most part, the the um, it's more about um, identifying with like it. It has a great point of view character with Neo. Is you're experiencing all this stuff for the first time with him, and it makes you kind of think about these um philosophical questions of you know what what is real what what you know and with the the uh cypher situation like do you do you want to once you wake up would you rather be asleep um well and to its credit i mean that is probably the best act of scene in the whole movie where he's like explaining what it's like to eat a steak and like it like it you actually feel for it right yeah absolutely like I, I wouldn't like if you're in that situation where you're like a freedom fighter and stuff. Like, there's no way you don't have points and times where you're like second guessing yourself. You've Are we going to get caught? Yeah. Are we going to get killed? Yeah, absolutely. that you know you can't be a badass all the time. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like we are pioneers. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's different when you're the bad boys of podcasting of of yeah. beer. Podcasting. I mean, before before these mics get hot, we always question ourselves. Yeah. We're, we're the good guys of movie podcasts with the bad boys of beer podcasts. Hmm. <laughs> it's a fine line. Yes. Uh, right. Yes. Uh, my next one, uh, my number three is, this is kind of a cheat, but it is for real. Half the X-Men movies. So okay. half of them. I think it actually comes to half of them. <laughs> They're teaming up with Magneto. Yes. Like, it, it alternates, right? Every yeah. Every other one, they're like, they have to team up with him because otherwise, some bigger, better guy. Yeah, we have to team up with him or we have to beat but him. But then the next one, he's like, 
Yes, that's yeah. right. Um, but yeah, like you know, the first X Men, he's the worst, and mm-hmm. then X Men United X Two, he's the good guy. And then X Three, eh, not so much. And then, of course, we get into the, you know, the Wolverine, you yeah. know, those those kind of movies, but those get convoluted a little bit. But then we get into the X Class, what the the X Men like title movies like and we get the first one good guy yeah second one bad guy the yes. next apocalypse good guy you know so like what are we good guy bad guy loner yeah so um <laughs> woodsman <yeah. laughs> even in the um the wolverine or what is it yeah the wolverine where he has to team up with Sabretooth. yeah like his arch nemesis just to kill quote-unquote deadpool Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, you know right? the Deadpool prototype. Yeah, so like the X Men, they're like they are at odds. There's they don't have a very good uh, uh, HR X Men. No, yeah, I mean pull them together. There's like not good a, synergy in that. You know, schools have good students and bad students. They're they're all students. Yeah, I they love get get- um, the I you know I know you know the first two X Men movies I think are just in. I, I think that's such a great pull for the the back and forth between um, Magneto, Mag, Magneto and uh, Xavier. Yeah. Yeah, and it and it and it and it's has gone from you know the nineties mm-hmm. with you know we got uh, Amy McKellen and um, James Stewart or yeah Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Stewart James Stewart, um, and then we get uh, James McAvoy and we get uh, <laughs> Fassbender, you know, in, in this next. <laughs> I would love to see uh, in some sort of alternate world where uh, um, James Taylor, James Stewart plays James plays, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, uh, Jimmy well, Stewart plays uh, plays Xavier in a in a Hitchcock, yeah. <laughs> Hitchcock directed X Men. Yeah, <laughs> if I mean, they were, yeah, if they wanted to do some super because they were both like alive, like whenever the X Men were invented, right? Yeah, and or was it? It might have been. Yeah, it was in the seventies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're 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 just before the Claremont run. Yeah. So yeah, we always get they have to team up in order to fight a worse, but it always comes back and bites them at the end. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, all right. Um, this one is, I think, one I talk about a. Not a lot, maybe a lot. I don't know. I definitely remember talking about it recently. Let's talk uh, about some more. Yeah. So in 1987, um, Clive Barker makes a movie called Hellraiser, mm-hmm. and uh, Frank Cotton kicks off all of the uh, all hmm. of the hell raising by uh, submitting to the box, and um, oh. We're all susceptible to that, aren't we? We are. Some more than others. Talking about lesbians. (laughs) I'm so stupid. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, Clive Barker, he's not susceptible to that. No, he actually is. uh, He's wired a little different. Um, hmm. So, you know, nothing a little praying can't fix. Uh, (laughs) Get on that, Pence. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, uh, Frank 
Cotton is a very libertine individual, and we get all this very, very briefly and very quickly in the opening. Um, it's delved into a little more in the actual novel, um, although it's told it's told through uh, through flashbacks. I mean, in Frank is uh, he likes to indulge, and uh, he is offered an opportunity to experience um, a unique pleasure in pain and. Uh, you know, as, as Clive Barker likes to write about, and he goes for it. Um, little did he know that he'd be making a deal with a man with a bunch of pins in his head, um, affectionately <laughs> known as Pinhead. And uh, it kicks off a whole series of events that uh, involve uh, resurrection through killing of uh, other horny dudes who are trying to submit to some box and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> real nasty work um but yeah so so frank um making a deal and he gets it from the box from a man uh a demon disguised as a man and uh he gets taken away to another dimension to experience pleasure and pain and uh you know comes at a price he can never yeah. go home unless a woman he used to sleep with starts killing dudes and you you you've read the book obviously i have yes yeah, yeah. um how how much I, I know you love this movie yes uh, how much better is the book than the movie um i i think the movie is better the book um it's a short like novella so it's maybe well, like yeah. you can read through it in probably like two or three hours um, I mean, I've read a handful of mm-hmm. of his stuff, Clyde Barker stuff. Yeah, and I know he likes to dive into, like, uh, like I know he like he likes to explore things. Yeah, and, and I didn't know if you would get that same. The book feeling. is yeah. I mean, the book's more much more like overtly sexual. Um, and I mean this, the it's not like Hellraiser is very prudish at all. Um, but it, it's more used as a subtext or, or undertones in, in the, uh, in the movie. Um, and I, yeah, I think, I think he's a really good writer and I think that he does a great job, but I also think that, um, the hellbound heart kind of serves as more of a, an outline or, or even a spec script for, um, Hellraiser. I think that that was always its intention, right? Since he is the one who wrote the novel, wrote the screenplay, and directed the film, um, I, I think that's one of the reasons that I, I think the the movie's better. Okay, because okay. I think that's what his intention was. Right. I'd I'd be interested to see if he was able to do it like for the first time, mm-hmm. like right now. Where he's able to like really get into like the That'd be great. special yeah. facts and all that stuff, but um, yeah, because I don't in, think he's directed in. Well, he's been sick for years, mm. like really sick. So, um, but Hellraiser is streaming on Netflix right now and Hulu and Hoopla. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I, f- I always forget he wrote Candyman. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number two, and this is the one that came. First of mind, and actually doesn't have too bad of a payoff because some most of the time when you make a deal with the devil, it's going to turn out bad. Mm-hmm. But the opening scene is so spellbinding. I watched it three times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
recently on uh, YouTube just because it is it's it is so um it's <laughs> it is so masterfully done mm -hmm. as a as a slow pull out shot um but uh the godflower which is streaming on on uh, Netflix from 1972 yes. when uh when the undertaker and he's the first one to talk in this in this movie, uh, The Undertaker, Bonasera? Bonasera. Bonasera, Bonasera. Bonasera, yeah, there you go. Um, asked Don Corleone to uh, kill some of the guys who have deflowered or beat up his daughter. Um, and it's, it, it's not so much the the act of him asking for it, but it's, it's the, the scene that it sets for the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and because it, it's slow, it, it, it's a close up shot of him and it's a slowly, slowly, slowly pulls out. Mm -hmm. And then you see the back of Don Colleone's head or the, like a side profile with his hand up to his mouth and just kind of like, as the guy's explaining what happened to his daughter. And then he goes into a little soliloquy about how, you know, you know, for for years you came over here, you tried to make a good life for yourself, you relied on the police, but you never you never came to me, you never respected me, mm -hmm. and now you come to me, you know, and ask me for a favor, you know, to kill these people. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but I, I he and he's asking for justice and he's like, you want justice, but you you know, you never uh it, he make what's he say? There's a there's a, a statement in there he's like, um they make an enemy. They make an enemy of you, mm -hmm. or then they, they're an enemy of mine. And then that's then that's true power, or some some of that effect. And um, but then he then he he makes the thing, and someday I'll you know, in that day will never may never come. I'll call upon you uh, to do a service for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, but until then, you know. Uh, Accept this gift on my on my daughter's wedding day or whatever whatever it is, <clears throat> but it it is like actually, you know, with a you know this mob boss, this guy's connected. You know, you're asking, you're you know, in a lot of these mob movies, you know, you you and that's that's the big thing. You get in for you know whether it's betting or gambling or whatever it is, favors, all that stuff. Uh, but it sets the scene up for it. It show it's trying to show that he's a benevolent person, you know. But he he demands respect mm -hmm. this person, and um, and it's a very like it's it's fun to watch that opening scene. It really is. It's it's Coppola at like like he had no reason to be that good at what he did. <laughs> no, like it it's and, so masterful. Yeah. Um, and like, he never really has to pay it off. I mean, he does pay it off eventually, you know, when Sonny gets killed and, you know, sorry for spoilers, but you know, he's, yeah. Um, you know, Sonny gets killed and he comes to him and, and says, Hey, you know, take all your, you know, all your skills and all, all that you do. And I just don't want his mother to see him like this. And that's, that's, that's the thing he asked him to do. Nothing nefarious, nothing like that. But just to know that you're underneath the weight of someone that powerful or, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you owe that person a favor is, you know, that's a deal with the devil. Yeah, absolutely. 
So absolutely. All right. Uh, my number two is uh, two uh, two guys unknowingly were uh, well not unknowingly they wished to uh, harness the powers of the devil for rock and mm. roll purposes and uh, it, <laughs> in the end um, after an amazing monologue by Paul F. Tompkins about how the devil is in all of us. Uh, the uh, JB and Kyle must uh, do battle with the devil. And the deal is uh, if they lose their rock off, uh, Kyle has to go to hell to be the devil's little bitch. Hmm. <laughs> little bitch. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's the only way. I love that. That line is so perfect to me. It's the only he just, way. He just hits him with the most like horrible scenario without any sort of negotiating. And he yeah. decides like it's the only way. That's Be the only option. Little bitch. <laughs> Fine. And so uh You're gonna gurgle mayonnaise. <laughs> uh no. <laughs> Uh, so great. I love this movie and this culmination um, where they battled Dave Grohl in heavy prosthesis as the <laughs> devil um, in a rock off. It's just this. I mean, this is what musicals should be, in my opinion. What's crazy is Good. and this is the way I watch <laughs> most mu- musicals mm-hmm. is I will watch or listen to the soundtrack a hundred times, like, uh, like the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Listen to the soundtrack a hundred times before I saw the show. Yeah, and then like things made sense. And I and this is a, this is a soundtrack that I listened to a hundred times before yeah. I saw the movie, and it was lacking. But yeah. the uh, the final showdown. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, Deactivated lasers with my dick. I That's love that the. Um, the plot of this movie is essentially uh, <laughs> just a, a backstory for all the songs on their first album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it's just for that one song, really. I mean, well, no, I mean, they, they, uh, yeah, where they have the songs about Dio and Lee, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and they just kind of like work everything yeah. from their first album into. Yeah, but yeah, right. obviously, yeah. Tribute is a very direct rip. Yeah. Or not rip. I mean, it's their fucking. Yeah, it's their Stop. devil came down to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love Tate. I, and it's a shame because like the Rise of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. great album. Yeah, I mean and they're they're. I feel like they're underappreciated for people think they're funny. Um, <laughs> um, I'll tell you what I'm laughing about in a second, but they uh, they're underappreciated as musicians and artists. Yeah, well, I think Dave Grohl has a big part of that too yeah. because I think he does a lot of their mm-hmm. like he he's writes a lot of it, you know. Yeah, Dave um, Grohl's yeah. the the ultimate uh, rock and roll fan. Yeah, he's <laughs> the coolest dude in the world. He is. Yeah, he um, uh, he is one of the reasons I actually think the um, the Nine Inch Nails album with Teeth is is good. His yeah. his drumming is fantastic on that album. 
Yeah. And what's a shame is, like, I like the Foo Fighters, but I don't love the Foo Fighters. Oh, like, see, I love, like, I love parts of I, I, I do too. There's some three songs albums are, are amazing to me. And it, it could be also that I grew up on them. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just, um, yeah. And there's some songs that are great. I listen to them all the time. But mm-hmm. um, that I don't know. I just, I love him. Though. Yeah. Yeah. He is awesome. Guy loves rock and roll. And All right. What were you laughing at? Me too. Um, I am laughing at, I'm on IMDb. And uh, I'm looking at the news. Tenacious D has finally announced a Pick of Destiny sequel. And uh, Ian Devon Lewis commented, the only real news in the last 100 years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny. (laughs) Uh, It's a shame. It's not streaming anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Uh, And Kyle Gass, he's so underrated. Like Jack Black is, I love him. You know, he's kind of morphs and he's like mm-hmm. bigger than life and all that stuff. Absolutely. But Kyle is just so great in the background. Yeah, he's such a good. Um, his subtle, he he knows how to do subtle and, yeah. um, <laughs> he's he's very funny. All right. <clears throat> all right. So my number one, um, I can't think of a better one. That's why I put it on number one. Nice. Why be redundant? So I will be. Uh, from 1991, stream on HBO right now. Oh, and Pick of Destiny is not streaming right now. Sorry, folks. But you could probably watch all the videos from... If you w- did a YouTube search, I bet. Or did a YouTube... You could probably watch yeah. pretty much the whole movie uh, with all the videos. Anyways, uh, my number one is uh, Science of the Lambs from 1991. Nice. Where we have to get, uh, where an unsuspecting person makes a deal with the devil. Uh, Clarice Starling is a young, er, HBO, FBI agent <laughs> who is put in a position where she has to, in order to find a killer, she has to use a killer. And um, um, and I don't, was it you that told me that like when they were doing this movie it, between uh, Anthony Hopkins and and uh, Jodie Foster, like they didn't understand, they didn't know they were making one of the great, you know, a movie that would like sweep the Oscars. I don't know. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. Uh, so what's great about this, and and there's 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 subtle things in this is where like not only is like Hannibal Lecter using her, it's it's the head of the or the director, not the director of the FBI, but the head of the like the special or the behavioral science, uh, Jack Crawford's using her, and then Doctor Chil or uh, Chilton mm-hmm. um, is using her, and like everyone is using her, and she still finds a way to get it done. So she's like has these deals with all these people, and there's like the lesser of two evils, or you know all these things you could you know all these like cliches you would think of. Um, but, uh, just a great story of someone who's thrust in a situation where they have to make compromises. Well, not even compromises, but like, um, I guess use like lets herself or the deal that she makes with the devil is she lets Hannibal Lecter get into her mind and her life. Mm-hmm. Thus, like in the books, you you know 
like I was a part of or he now is a part of her life mm-hmm. after after this. You know, like she makes that sacrifice to find another evil. And uh yeah. And it's just a, such a great movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh it's one of those that's just like um along with you know another movie you mentioned the godfather just comes like the word masterpiece comes to mind immediately yeah and yeah and uh, like a slow burn mm-hmm. um escalations we find we get one of the greatest enemies or greatest villains you know of all time yeah it just ugh. Yeah, I mean it, it's um, it's a great example of um, just a movie that becomes larger than life, and like is in the zeitgeist and you know the character of Hannibal Lecter. You don't need to see the movies to know who he is, and that's just such a weird, um, <laughs> a weird like uh, incredibly impressive like stage of relevance. Yeah, yeah. Um. It, and that's i mean anthony hopkins mm-hmm. and to his credit like he's he's broken out of that mold mm-hmm. a little bit but like he's always going to be known as you know hannibal lecter absolutely you know and you know he was a you know a classically trained actor uh but one of the only what was it the like th- of three movies to win picture Actor, yep. actress, yeah, to like really uh, director and screenplay. I think they're five, like the big five. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that is rare. It's a beautiful thing. Um, it's pretty awesome, uh, and it's nice when it, <laughs> it's nice when it's a movie that's like you know not the artist uh, that no one talks about the next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a movie that turns out to genuinely be a beloved classic. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. What um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's one of three. It happened one night in 1934 and one flew over the cuckoo nest in 1975. Oh, nice. I am a That's fan. another deal with the devil movie. I am a fan of one flew over the cuckoo nest. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, my number one. In 1992, Wayne Campbell made a deal with Benjamin Oliver to uh, sell his public access cable show. Um, little did he know that it would uh, set off, you know, a very... It, he thought it was everything he wanted. Um, but a guy in a fancy suit sold him a dream. And it turns out he was just happy doing a show in his basement with his best friend and... Uh, listening to uh, some hot girl do Ted Nugent covers. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Benjamin took everything from him um, by offering him a way out, maybe. Not maybe, yeah, definitely a way out. Because that's, he says in one of the opening scenes, what I'd really like to do is Wayne's World full time. And, <laughs> and Benjamin, uh, you know, he's... Played by Rob Lowe, uh, doesn't get older, good-looking dude, and uh, uh, dressing sharp, has a good job, um, but it's all surface. Benjamin is no one's friend. 
If Benjamin were an ice cream flavor, Benjamin would be pralines and dick. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh. Yeah, so Wayne's World, 1992. I love this movie. Um, I, I love everything about it. I'm looking at the poster right now. And it says, you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll hurl. It's so <laughs> stupid. Uh, but it, it's um, it's a movie that always puts a smile on my face. And uh, it it is just, I, I think that this probably happened to um and probably continues to happen to a lot of creatives is the people on the business end of it show up and they um, make them some promises and they don't mention the compromises and uh all of a sudden the the um the person who uh thought they were in control is is uh losing the grip and uh all at the expense of someone else making a dime yeah kind of like we've had some opportunities yeah to go big and literally i'm in my basement yeah yeah i'm i'm, a, in I'm a staying true corner of my home sequestered quarantined uh yeah not doing it um but if you guys uh you know, we, we uh, rest easy at night knowing that we have no sponsors. And if you guys want a good night's sleep, uh, check out Casper Mattress. <laughs> nice. Good segue. Yeah. Yeah. Totally natural. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Wayne's World was the, the first thing I thought of with deals with the devil. As... Uh, um, Mike Myers' character gets to uh, achieves his dream for all intents and purposes, um, but at the unforeseen cost. And I feel like that's such a a good embodiment of what a deal with the devil is. It's where you you kind of maybe not not specifically to Wayne's World, but you kind of you know it's not good, but you're just hoping it's not going to be that bad. You're like, well, you know what? I, I, uh, I'm gonna make this deal. I'm, I'm down for it, and, uh, and then it gets twisted and perverted in some sort of way. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I did have an honorable mention since it's not a movie. Um, Breaking Bad. I feel like mm-hmm. the 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 fourth and fifth season, um, are you know Walter White becomes the devil, and uh, he uh, Jesse is is stuck. He's he's made he's struck a deal with him with someone he didn't know who who he really was. Yeah. And uh that that box is Jesse's soul. And that's why he yeah. uh dreams of of it. Yeah, that's it I really want to I like if I had time I'd go back and watch that whole thing that arc, but it like it's such a commitment. Mhm. And it's um, so it is meticulously planned, but it is so um the first season to the fifth season, it's like watching a different show. Yeah, yeah, it's it totally it, yeah. like I'd say uh, midway or like uh, season ending two, and then kind of and then season ending three. Then after that, it's just like uh, this is it. Like you have a like a uh, empty spot in the pit of your stomach, or you know, just yeah. yeah. I mean, so many man. 
now I just want to go back and watch that show. Yeah. And that's not right. even what we were talking about. <laughs> no. um, um, but good pick. Yeah, good pick. yeah, Wayne's World. Like I said, great, great movie. Another movie that you, masterpiece comes to you mind. Know, I, to give um, Tenacious D, like Jack Black and and them uh, mm-hmm. and Kyle, a little bit of credit. It took you know. Um, uh, you know, for like, I would compare Wayne's World and Pick a Destiny, Pick a Destiny, kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of concepts that were made into movies, but like, how did Tenacious D become a thing? Like, how, like, how did they get a first album? Like, how, where did he come from? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird way to, like, they just made an album, and. Well, they, you know how the, how they uh, met, right? Are you familiar with that story? Well, they had tattoos on their butts. Yeah, and yeah. So they had ass marks. Yeah, <laughs> I have ass mark too. <laughs> uh, my brother and I, we someday we will get those. <laughs> I I I I'm like willing I'm to do down. it. It's just a matter of if we. I have time. I am excited for that. I want to hear all about it. And Usually, see. not something I'm interested in. Um, Asmark, I have Asmark too. Uh, they they actually met in uh, Tim Robbins' acting class. Okay, so <laughs> I I just think it's funny that they wind up um, they wind up together making music together um, from meeting in an a- acting class, end up making a movie. And Tim Robbins is one of the characters in it, so it's kind of fun. Well, and what's awesome about um, I'm sorry, I'm, I love Tenacious D so much. Um, oh, and good, we're, we'll get out of here on this. All right, unless you have more stuff. That way. Um, is that the um, the Rise of the Phoenix? Right, that yes. album. It explores doesn't go a whole lot into hip hop or like, but it, as far as rock goes, it explores every aspect of rock. Mm-hmm. like every genre like it has the springsteen song it has um the metal rock song it has the kind of uh it, um the alternative rock song it, it it feels like it goes through like 60s to like early 90s as far as like it's a history of yeah. rock and roll and like it, you can kind of pinpoint and it, and it sounds awesome like yeah. each song is like well made and crafted and it, it represents that genre, but I agree. I I think they're fantastic. I think that they're um, worth getting into, and I think that while they are hilarious, um, it's it's not fair to write them off as just a, a jokey band. No, so. no, it's not Flight of the Concord just sell, telling jokes like strumming yeah. guitars. Yeah, actually, there's some production going mm-hmm. on there. Not saying Flight of Concord isn't bad or is bad. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, we'll uh, we'll see you guys in October. Yeah. Bye bye. Lock.
Only way. What the fuck are you talking about? To be. 